You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dead Set Podcasting. My name is Josh Liston, coming to you from my studio here in Albury, Australia. And I'm going to endeavour to do something that I am not particularly good at. And that's keep today's episode short, snappy, and avoid going down a million rabbit holes, which or detours, or tangents, as I like to call them. So today is part one of a five-part series. The show may come out in little clumps from now on, every day for a week, and in this kind of format where they're a lot shorter. And hopefully that doesn't disturb your listening patterns, and maybe you might enjoy it more. I'd love to know if it's too much or too little, but this series is going to be short, snappy, and probably condensed into under two weeks. So the series itself is called Mistakes Made Over Nine Years of Conversational Audio. And I'll give you a quick rundown of what I'm going to cover. One, and today's topic, why was that person on your podcast? A question I've been asked by different fans or listeners or just people in the past. Two, Why so many big words? Another question I've been asked. Three, the concept of too much editing, too little humanity. Number four, we can hear that you're out in the world, stop stressing about it and stop talking about it. So that's anyone who's doing a live event or there's a lot of background noise or you're recording outside. We, the audience, can hear that. Please stop stressing about it. That's our fourth topic. And number five, and one that I've become more attuned to maybe over the last 12 to 18 months, and that's why I've chosen the title Conversational Audio for this little mini-series. I can hear you reading, please stop. I've done it in the past. I listen to shows where it's so clear that people are reading, and as a listener, once I notice that, unless it's a very narrative style or documentary-style production, I don't like it. So I can hear you reading Please Stop is our fifth and final subject for the miniseries. So today, why was that person on the podcast? I've broken this up into two subsets of three. Three types of conversations I had that were boring and or subpar and three types of conversations I had that were better than expected for whatever reason. The subpar conversations... Number one, I chose a guest because of their profile or their audience size in the hopes of them maybe sharing the show or giving me a plug or maybe they really enjoyed themselves and we get into some back-channel conversations and maybe they expose me to people I haven't met before. I basically did it for resume building and promotional reasons, not because I was simpatico with the individual and that would normally lead to a subpar conversation. Number two, I didn't realise that Valerie Geller was right. And her quote is, not everyone who has done something interesting is interesting. Or interesting, as us Australians would normally say. That's one for Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting. Valerie's quote there is so right. And I used to think anyone who had done something remotely interesting, as long as they could speak and breathe oxygen then that was good enough to qualify as a podcast guest or a conversational partner. 
not true. Really not true, actually. A lot of the most interesting events that surround certain people that I know of personally seem to also be tied up in people that can't tell their own story. So your job as an experienced host is to be able to obviously get great storytelling out of a myriad different types of people, particularly people that aren't professionally trained or they're not media people, so they're not used to talking about themselves. But if you're in the beginner to intermediate stage as a podcast host and you're aiming for what I was aiming for, and that's a fly-on-the-wall conversational type interview result, you need to somehow check out whether people can tell their own story before you have them on the show. So listen to them talk other places, look at their Instagram if they film little videos of themselves talking about stuff, and or do what David Hooper from Big Podcast suggests, and that's do some kind of pre-call. A little five-minute call to figure out, can this person even remotely get in the ballpark of a good storyteller? Number three, I allowed the guests to slip into robot mode, product pusher mode, and essentially allowed the interview to become too guest-focused. And what I mean by that is you don't want to steal all the attention away from the guest. They're giving up their time, their attention, possibly their audience. It should always be 51% their way. But the other 49% has to be pretty much entirely made up of a focus on your audience. So you as the host have the job in that 51-49 conversation of keeping in mind that you're there to represent an audience as well as yourself, not just yourself. Because in my mind, a recorded conversation is only interesting to someone listening to the extent that they can see themselves in the story somewhere or they can feel a part of the story hit them. So if the guest is notorious for bringing everything back to a current product, moving every story back to their current book, even if you're asking about their older works, either push them back to answer the question you've asked or basically end the interview because no one's going to want to listen to plugging. I have went through this when I started listening to podcasting. I was really into a lot of shows where the podcast wasn't built to be great in and of itself. It was built as a tool for some other purpose. A lot of entrepreneurial shows back in 2011, 12, 13. So I don't listen to any of those shows anymore. But I still listen to Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. That was 2014 when I started listening. I still listen to Roderick on the Line. I still listen to Back to Work. I listen to She Podcasts on and off because they have such great conversation. And another show like Cord Killers, where you would think on the surface it's a highly formatted show, but it's still a very conversational show and one of the best shows at keeping the audience in focus. So don't allow your guests to hijack your show and turn the attention away from both you as the host and more so the audience and purely onto themselves. So now for some happy stuff. This is a couple of interviews that went really well. Number one, I had a shared interest or hobby or multiple hobbies that sat outside that person's core competency. Whether we love the same sport, like I'm a mad tennis head, whether we love the same TV shows, Mark Asquith, that British podcast guy, the man behind Captivate.fm, you can hear him in an earlier episode of this very podcast. We had this big chat, and I'm sure it could have been a very big chat, 
about our mutual love for Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Now, that was the one part of that interview when I've listened back that I think we could actually go and have a whole heap of beers together because we love Terminator. It's something beyond the topic of podcasting in this case that we had in common that I don't have in common with other people that you might say, oh, Mark Asquith is just one of the guys that owns a company or works for a podcast company. You could lump him into that group if you wanted to. But the fact that he's aware of my favourite show ever, a show that's super special to me, makes him more special to me. Does that? Hopefully this is making sense. So a shared hobby, track people's Instagram, look on their Facebook. If they look like they're into something you're into, maybe engage with them to begin with in the, I guess, the guest fostering cycle or whatever you like to call it, some stupid name I'm sure a marketer out there has for it. Maybe engage with them about the thing that they like that you like and you can start off the interview or the conversation on the right foot. Seriously, Mark and I almost went on a massive Terminator tangent and we both had enough, you know, just enough resolve not to do that at the time. Okay, so number two. I researched the guests to make sure not only had they done something interesting, but they were also able to tell their story in an interesting way. So this was the counterbalance, and we've kind of already covered this a little bit from number two in the previous subset. So I did that work on people that I wasn't sure about. And when I didn't, and they turned out not to be a good storyteller, I'd already taken that person's time and the expectation is sometimes with certain people that where is it? Why isn't this out yet? What's going on? Like I've had that pressure from certain people over the years that I've been doing this for an interview that I would have rather probably not put out. And I should have probably had a bit more intestinal fortitude at the time and said, look, it wasn't what I was going for. It didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. But it might have been that Aussie not wanting to upset the apple cart kind of thing where I was just put it out anyway and then... I did the disservice by my audience by doing that. So check people out. Even read their tweets. See if they can put together something fascinating in a tweet or a Facebook post or a comment. If you see that they're interacting with something online, check out how they communicate and how they express their thoughts and opinions on that particular thing. Do the work, people. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting at. And I'll finish up with number three for today. I made sure that I was picking people to come on the show that either didn't really want to be plugged and were quite reticent to be plugged, so it left the door open for me to do the amount of plugging for them that I thought was appropriate, or I was looking for people that seem okay with, okay, this show is very promotional, I can talk a lot about my current work, I don't have to go back into the past, I'm not going to get pushed there by the host, I can talk a lot about this is my new thing. I only want to talk about the new thing as the person that's coming on the show. That's what I get to do. And obviously what I just said is from the guest perspective, but as a host, if you're able to source guests and interesting contributors to your show that are okay with either promoting kind of a bit, a little bit more, or maybe even a lot, if it's a new project and you want to hype it up for them and help them hype it up, it's good to have some power over that yourself as the host or the hosts of a show. Righto, guys, hopefully today's episode helped. I know there was a little bit of getting to know this new format of this mini-series today, so the next episodes will actually be short, maybe 
five to ten minutes. So just to recap what we're going to cover going forward, our second topic in the next episode, why so many big words? Number three, too much editing, too little humanity. Number four, we can hear that you're out in the world. Please stop stressing about it. And number five, I can hear you reading. Please stop. Okay, you can support the show by going to buymeacoffee.com slash deadpod. That would be awesome, anyone who does that. Obviously, a share is as good as a dollar. So if you can't afford to throw a few freckles this way or it's not the type of way you like to interact with Deadset Podcasting, I completely get that. If you can share the show with someone that might get some benefit out of it, that's just as good as a dollar to me. So hopefully today helps you and you can pass the show along to someone else and it can help them. Okay, have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.